everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Chat Markets, your favorite dairy podcast. Just a nice, easy recap of what happened in markets this week and what's on tap into the week ahead. As we are recording this on Friday, November 11th, we wanted to take a moment to say Happy Veterans Day. Today and every day, we are grateful for our military service personnel, both past and present, and the families who support them. Shifting back to dairy market chatter, there was some notable strength in cheese this week with CME block cheddar average prices increasing nearly 11 cents or 5.4% from prior week, and barrels were up about 5 cents or 2.6% from the prior week. Even butter saw gains after last week's aggressive consolidation lower, up about 14 cents or 5% on the week. Let's discuss cheese first. What's behind this move higher, Lucas? Some last minute holiday demand or is there something else that people are talking about? Yeah, I think there's a variety of things happening in this market right now, all of which have kind of conspired to push both block and barrel prices up this week. It was almost a sneaky fashion in which blocks today at 220 per pound uh, settled at nearly five month highs, actually, the highest price since June 15th. So much of the focus over the past few weeks has been on barrels holding the strength over blocks. So that block settlement into the 220s is a little bit surprising to see, I think. But yeah, you mentioned, I think holiday demand is still contributing to it. I think it's not only the year end holidays, but it's also easy to forget that cheese demand kind of persists into January a little bit too, with football season kind of continuing into uh, the new year. It kind of extends out that holiday demand period from some of the other products. Last week, we got a late dairy products report on Friday afternoon. That showed that cheddar production remained lower yet again as well. So of the milk that is ending up in cheese vats, I think mozzarella kind of continues to uh, pull a lot of that milk at the expense of cheddar. I think some of that related to consumer behavior and I think inflationary responses at the grocery store as people kind of trade down to frozen pizzas and other sort of items that have really kept mozzarella demand quite strong. And uh, yeah, I think finally, too, it's important that even though milk production is kind of higher versus prior year, and we expect that to continue over the next few months, it's still the kind of the lowest few weeks of the milk production season here into late October and early November. We probably are climbing seasonally here and will continue to do so until the spring flush. But at the end of the day, milk is just kind of tighter than at any point of the year. Finally, some of the big news too, um, USDA, a few months ago, I think it was in September, released a press release about $1 billion towards some food buying programs into 2023 and 2024. This week, we got a pre-solicitation announcement. It didn't really give us many more details, so there are still lots of questions about the program, but essentially the industry does expect some food buying by USDA. And even though it was two years ago, uh, the food box program that drove cheese markets wild throughout 2020 is still kind of fresh in a lot of people's minds. The details are still slim, as I mentioned, but we do expect, I think best guess is dairy gets about one third of those dollars. Again, possibly spread over as much as one and three quarter years if we look at this on a fiscal year level. 
And uh, I do think though, that it will probably be somewhat supportive to cheese markets. And at least that's what traders are expecting as well. A lot of that money flowing into food pantry programs. And a lot of that is only allowed to be cheese or fluid milk. We'll watch closely here in the coming days for those announcements that will tell us exactly where cheese demand settles out. I do expect those probably within the next week or so, which would kind of give a good time frame for USDA to get contracts locked down by the end of year and deliveries to start in 2023. Thanks, Lucas. And now let's talk about that butter volatility. We went from a meltdown last week to a 5% gain on the spot market this week. What gives? Yeah, I think, um, you know, getting a lot of questions about this, but I think uh, as volatility has increased, that kind of uh, raises alarms among some people. But at the end of the day, Alyssa, I really think that a lot of this butter activity is uh, well within the realm of exactly kind of what we expected here. We kind of came quickly off those close to record high levels at the end of October, lost, I think, a little more than 50 cents per pound in the spot market. But at the end of the day, there's still maybe some uncovered buyers here into the end of the year. And uh, bids have also returned to the spot market to kind of take advantage of the value there that hadn't been seen in, in six or eight weeks. I think the name of the game at this point is continued volatility here into the coming weeks. I mean, swings of five to 10 cents per day on the spot market uh, haven't necessarily been seen uh, recently in butter, but I don't think they're necessarily surprising here as both buyers and sellers kind of figure out exactly where their positions are and what their needs are here into year end. Friday, as we're recording, we are 290 and a half cents, uh, probably a little bit higher versus where ultimately support will level out. So I do think there's some more downside to come here in the coming weeks. But at the end of the day, I think volatility is certainly to be expected here. Well, we did see some higher prices here in the U.S., but the global meltdown has pretty much been sustained. There continued to be a lot of red within the weekly European dairy indices released from the European Energy Exchange on Wednesday and lower demand expectations from Asia due to COVID restrictions in China are keeping SGX values subdued as well. Yeah, it's uh, not necessarily a pretty picture there uh, with lots of red on the screens here yet again into this week. A lot of that focused on uh, nonfat dry milk or skim milk powder, but essentially I I think that regardless of where we are from a supply situation, really demand has uh, kind of pulled back quite substantially here. We've talked about that a little bit on this podcast, you know, whether it's inflation, whether it's fears of a global economic recession that materializes at an even quicker pace here in the coming months, whether it's currency issues that are making these dairy products more expensive for buyers in foreign markets when viewed in US dollar terms. Uh, but yeah, you said it, at least focusing on, on EEX prices, just a lot of red across basically every product this week. A steep drop in French skim milk powder down 350 euros per metric ton. Pretty substantial there with just lots of chatter of persistent weakness here. Uh, at some point, I think that, you know, there might be some value to be found, but at this point, we do expect some continued consolidation to maybe a little bit more downside here as, as buyers really see no need to step into the market. All this said, on a global basis, I think that looking into next week, we do have that global dairy trade auction on Tuesday. Can you give us an overview of kind of what we expect there, maybe on offer volumes and the latest uh, news from New Zealand? 
Well, you know, the situation in New Zealand continues to be interesting. Milk is still struggling, yet the industry seems to be brushing it off. I think generally we were getting optimistic about a milk production recovery from New Zealand this month, but the North Island still isn't seeing very positive figures here. And from what we continue to hear, feed quality has been suffering into the first couple weeks of November as well, which creates a bit more concern heading into summer months. As mentioned earlier, the widespread lockdowns and restrictive measures in China are really what seems to be driving markets, especially from New Zealand and pricing throughout that region. We did hear that China's powder ending stocks are reportedly high, and of course, consumption rates are also falling because of those restrictions. But regarding your global dairy trade question, there has not been much direction into next week with Fonterra leaving offer volumes pretty much unchanged. I think sentiment does still feel negative. However, I think important to remember that prices are finally at more familiar like pre-pandemic levels for buyers. So there may be an increase in purchasing given the swift drop in values this month, paired with the concerns about a rather terrible milk production season, not only from New Zealand, but also out of Australia. What's on tap for next week, Lucas? And we've got uh, right now working hard on our comprehensive forecast report that, of course, comes out on the 15th of each month. So we're putting together those slides and finalizing our new both domestic and global price forecasts for our customers. Expect that end of the day on Tuesday. From a data perspective, though, it's kind of lighter. Uh, You did mention already the GDT also Tuesday the 15th. Also, we're kind of looking to Europe. A lot of countries finalizing milk production data from the most recent month. At some point, we do expect the EU to finalize those numbers and we'll, of course, have our European milk production report. Into the next few days uh, and into the week of Thanksgiving, which I can't believe it's already two weeks from now. Uh, We do get a U.S. milk production and cold storage report on the 21st and 22nd. And then, of course, China and New Zealand trade data and European trade data as well here over the next uh, two weeks. Kind of a longer term perspective there. But I think that does it, though. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And as always, if you need anything, feel free to reach out. Cheers. Cheers. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you're interested in receiving more information, as well as our analysis, please visit highgrounddairy.com to request a free 30-day trial today. Futures and options trading involves substantial risk and is not suitable for all investors.